It's Friday, May 19th, and this is Pennsylvania Legacies, the podcast series from the Pennsylvania Environmental Council. I'm Josh Rollerson. As a kid, John Dawes spent summers working on his grandparents' farm. It was there that he first began thinking about the relationship between human beings and the land. People in agriculture are the original environmentalists. Uh, if you deplete your soils, you're you know, working against your own self-interest. If you have polluted waterways, you put your livestock and perhaps your family at risk. Today, Dawes has his own farm, which is nationally recognized for sustainable practices. But he's perhaps better known as the long-serving executive director of the Foundation for Pennsylvania Watersheds, where he has overseen the distribution of millions in grant funding for watershed restoration and conservation projects. That work has earned Dawes recognition at this year's Western Pennsylvania Environmental Awards, where he'll be receiving the Lifetime Achievement Award along with former Three Rivers Wet Weather Director John Schombert. And on today's show, we'll be hearing from both of them. That's coming up. This week, the Pennsylvania Environmental Council sent a letter to members of the state Senate Environmental Resources and Energy Committee expressing our strong opposition to Senate Bill 624. Here to explain what's in the legislation and why we're asking lawmakers not to support it is the author of that letter, Peck Senior Vice President for Legal and Government Affairs, John Walliser. Our concern with Senate Bill 624 is that it relaxes standards that were put into place several decades ago to protect surface waters from the adverse impacts of underground uh, coal mining, particularly long wall mining, which usually results in subsidence at the surface and has a number of different impacts to surface waters like complete dewatering of streams, pooling or ponding of streams. What the legislation does is it provides a liability exemption to mining operations that predict impacts to surface waters. And why this is important is that right now there are a number of legal challenges to mining permits that are seeking to uh, modify permits or have permits stayed uh, before the damages occur. What Senate Bill 624 would do is make it much more likely that the damages would occur and then there would have to be action as a follow-up to that. The other interesting piece of this legislation is it actually applies retroactively. Um, right now there are a series of permit appeals in front of the State Environmental Hearing Board for mining operations down in southwestern Pennsylvania in Greene County in and around Ryerson State Park. Several years ago, there were impacts to uh, a dam in the park which completely dewatered Duke Lake, uh, and that lake has not recovered. One of the aspects of that Environmental Hearing Board appeal for the permit was that the Environmental Hearing Board said, it looks like there's going to be impacts to a particular stream Kent Run, so we're going to put limitations on that permit to make sure that there aren't impacts and they restricted mining activity in and around that stream. What this legislation appears to do is create a situation where a mining operator can predict impacts, but as long as they don't characterize those impacts as permanent, the mining will be allowed to proceed. Right now, state law allows for temporary insubstantial impacts to streams so long as an operator has a mitigation plan in place to fix those uh, streams. Our concerns are over the last 20 years there have been a continuing series of reports on the effects of long wall mining on surface features 
things like water wells, homes, and surface waters. And continually through these reports, it's evidencing that there are significant uh, impacts to surface waters. Up to 40% of surface waters that have been undermined, streams, wetlands, have experienced significant impacts. And in many instances, those impacts appear to be, at least for now, permanent. Um, efforts to mitigate and repair those have not been entirely successful. So Senate Bill 624 risks the occurrence of more impacts. John Wallister is PEC's Senior Vice President for Legal and Government Affairs. You can read our position on SB 624 and on other pieces of legislation currently active in the state capitol on our website. Look for the policy section and the bill tracker at PECPA.org. Pennsylvania Environmental Council hosts the Western Pennsylvania Environmental Awards every spring in Pittsburgh. John Dawes is one of two leaders receiving the Lifetime Achievement Award at this year's dinner coming up next week in Pittsburgh. Dawes has served as executive director of the Foundation for Pennsylvania Watersheds since 1994. During that time, the foundation has distributed more than $110 million in small grants for abandoned mine reclamation and watershed restoration projects. He sat down with me recently to reflect on his career in environmental grant making, how it began, and where it's taken him. I began my career in grant making through the Heinz Endowments, and they created a donor-advised fund called the Western Pennsylvania Watershed Program. Um, We were successful in leveraging agency funding, meaning EPA, this Office of Surface Mining, DEP, in Pennsylvania, the Department of Conservation Natural Resources. And as the um, roster of projects um, expanded and became successful, uh, other foundations wished to put money into it. We and now this have, is about what year are we talking uh, about? That was around 2000. And so R.K. Mellon, Colcom, uh, Dagenstein, William Penn, and some private donors um, participate in the amount of funds that we provide that are matching funds for environmental restoration on the ground projects. We also have a small endowment. Um, We house money from uh, DEP regarding mine pool abatement and restoration. And then we were in receipt of fine money from a polluting coal-fired power plant that resulted in 3.5 3.5 million being awarded to the Foundation for Pennsylvania Watersheds. That's being applied uh, very deliberately uh, to the Little Connemaw. And what, what does this work mean to you personally? What do you, what do you get from it? Well, I've always been interested in conservation. I, uh, my credentials are managing uh, a 300-acre farm in the center part of the state uh, in Huntington County. Uh, I raise Angus cattle there and have tried to implement every uh, protective best management practice for the waterway that runs through the entire length of the farm. And toward that end, the farm has has won uh, a conservation award from the governor of Pennsylvania. And nationally, we, we've won the National Beef Cattlemen's Association uh, Award for Conservation. Did you grow up on a farm? Are you a farm kid? Uh, yeah, 
I grew up in Maryland in, in the suburbs, but my grandparents each had a farm. And so I grew up uh, working on that farm and became committed very early. What are some of your memories from, from working on those farms? Well, I learned very quickly that, that I didn't want to milk cows. <laughs> so I have, uh, that's a, you know, seven day a week, 365 days of the year commitment. And so I have a herd of beef cattle, which I assembled starting at age 18 and then made the full commitment at age 22 to buy a farm. And uh, our breeding operation descends from those original animals. So where did, where did you make the connection between you know, agriculture and environmental stewardship? When did that click in, in your mind? Well, in, in my mind, people in agriculture are the original environmentalists. Uh, if you deplete your soils, you're you know, working against your own self-interest. If you have polluted waterways, you put your livestock and perhaps your family at risk because most, most farms are on well water. So I've, I've always had a, a sensibility around um, a good, clean environment for my farming operation. And so do you feel like that sensibility is pretty, pretty widely shared among other farmers? I do. I, I do. The uh, National Association meeting is in Nashville uh, this week, and there they will be honoring farm families that have made this kind of commitment and, and highlighting the work that they do. So over the time that you've been working on environmental issues, what are the changes you've seen in, in Pennsylvania? Well, the changes are, are truly dramatic, with particularly the abatement of acid mine drainage. It takes a, a very short time for macroinvertebrates to return uh, to those stretches of stream and then to be able to be put on the Fish and Boat Commission's stockable list. Uh, sometimes it's just a natural occurrence that uh, native trout swim upstream and start to spawn. So the turnaround time is very, very quick. Uh, just in terms of economics, uh, we, we have spent around $11 million on acid mine drainage abatement, but it has resulted in $160 million coming from agencies and that kind of application of funds toward uh, ecosystem function. What's the outlook for, for mine reclamation and, and remediation generally? Are you optimistic about the future? Well, I, I am. Uh, it's, not a, it's not rocket science. It's a matter of treating the water, oftentimes with limestone. The Board of Advisors for the Foundation is more in favor of working with passive treatment systems rather than active treatment systems where you have to add chemicals and maintain them for... Um, years and years. So they fund uh, passive treatment systems and the state has built about 200 of them across the state and we have provided match money for many of those projects and I believe that it is a doable, achievable goal to take this pollution source off the list for the citizens of Pennsylvania. How do you feel about receiving this award? Ah, it's it's just a great honor. It's just uh, a real thrill. Well, John, congratulations on the award, and thanks for all your good work. Thank you.
Our second Lifetime Achievement Award winner this year is John Schaumbert, former executive director of Three Rivers Wet Weather. The group works with Allegheny County municipalities to address stormwater overflows affecting the countywide sewer system. John Schaumbert led 3RWW from its inception in 1998, and he stepped down earlier this year. Take me back to the start of, of your career, I believe, before Three Rivers, you were with the with Allegheny County, is that right? That's correct. I was uh, with Allegheny County Health Department. I started there in uh, 1971, uh, it, primarily in a division called the Engineering Division, which uh, morphed uh, a little later on into the Public Drinking Water and Waste Management Division. That, so, uh, you know, I was a uh, supervisor and administrator, and for the last 12 years of, that, of my county career, I was uh, chief of, of, of those programs, which included public drinking water systems, uh, sewage treatment systems, water quality uh, investigations, solid waste management, uh, and a few other things that are thrown in there. So, you know, that was all just an absolutely great experience uh, for me and really uh, helped me make use of the contacts that are needed to really get in the political and uh, municipal bodies that we have here to get this job done uh, as I moved into the second phase of my career with Three Rivers Well Weather. And you didn't just lead that organization uh, for many years until very recently. You actually, I believe, played a, a, a crucial role in its formation. Is that right? Well, yeah. Up until I retired in January, I was the, the first and only executive director. Uh, and we, we created the organization as a partnership with the Allegheny County Health Department and the Allegheny County Sanitary Authority, Alcasan. So in many ways, even nationally, that was a unique partnership to uh, be, to create a nonprofit with a dedicated responsibility between a, a, a regulatory agency, the health department, and a public works agency, the uh, Alcasan. Uh, so, you know, so that actually was very beneficial to us to creating the momentum and the support from uh, local legislators because of the uniqueness of being able to go outside of those normally political and, and controlled uh, uh, government bodies. So and if we could back up just a little bit for the benefit of those who might be listening outside of uh, southwestern Pennsylvania, what is the the problem or the set of problems that Three Rivers was formed in order to address? Well, first of all, we have a, politically Allegheny County has 130 separate incorporated municipal bodies. 83 of those uh, drain to one sewage treatment system, Alcasan. So we were created as a countywide uh, nonprofit corporation, but most of our focus has been on the 83 uh, municipalities. The problem that they've been facing is the age of the systems, the parochial attitude of management that we have, you know, 83 separate owners, you know, plus Alcasan, uh, and the impacts of wet weather and aging infrastructure causing sewage overflows in even modest rainfalls. At the beginning of this, even a tenth of an inch of rain started overflows in the system. Stormwater management, both from a quantity standpoint, but particularly from a water quality standpoint, also became part of that. The combined soil overflows, sanitary soil overflows. So how to get communities to manage those together was really the first responsibility of three years wet weather and we did that through creating demonstrations of communities trying to learn to work together on on projects that we funded mm -hmm. we quickly morphed from that as we learned that uh, those kinds of communities they're the have communities that could do the engineering and and you know had the um, matching funds to, for the dollars that we were created because we had attracted at that point uh money from the Environmental Protection Agency to kick us off, and, and that went on for about 12 years of, of, of very significant funding from EPA that we were able to share with the municipalities. And you know, from that then, we moved on to creating uh, 
standard engineering practice, supporting the municipalities with our own consultants, creating consensus around all the the issues of how to solve the problems. So as we moved on, we we, uh, evolved into that kind of a focus. And that's really, I think, been the most successful part of what we've been able to do. You were telling me you grew up in the Pittsburgh area? Yeah, that's correct, in western Allegheny County, uh, around the Coriopolis area, yeah. I'm interested in what it was like for you growing up around here and when you made the connection, when you started down the career path that you ended up on. Well, interestingly, when growing up, I lived in, a, in the river town of Coriopolis, and uh, I was never allowed to go to the river, and I didn't know why. You know, I wanted to fish, I wanted to do all the things, swim, do all the things that kids do. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at, later on, as we got into, uh, as I got into uh, college and re- realized that the reason we weren't allowed to go down to the river was because of water quality issues. I, I think that the city of Pittsburgh... Uh, Uh, well within my lifetime, did not have sewage treatment until 1959. Mm -hmm. And it was only primary treatment from that point on to till 1970. So there was a big gap before Alcasan was built to the point where it could treat water to meet what's now the uh, Clean Water Act standards. So, um, you know, I have a degree in physics and uh, didn't quite know what to do with that until I got out of college and and, uh, got very interested in some job announcements that were coming out of the Allegheny County Health Department who were just kicking off their environmental programs at that point. So it was a good opportunity to get in there. But I think it was always in the back of my head. Uh, you know, I've been a canoeer for many, many years. My wife and I do a, lo- a fair amount of canoeing, uh, have in the past, and, you know, just enjoy the rivers and the streams around here. Can you kind of assess uh, progress over the, the span of your career? Where are we at with these issues that you took on initially, and where are we going in the future? Well, I guess the disappointing part of this is we created this as a, uh, a 10-year program, and it's in its 19th year now. Mm-hmm. And I think the realization is that this is really a 50-year project. The cost, the coordination, and so on is, is much more than we anticipated. Um, so, th- so there has been some disappointment, but I think... Um, Looking back, that what we've really done is created a, a, a forum for communities to work together, and they're used to it. Uh, they've been very supportive of us. Uh, once the EPA earmarks were, were no longer popular, obviously, uh, we had to begin to, to phase out of, fun, of the federal funding and look for a more long-term supportive. With the support of the municipalities, we were able to come up with a sustainable solution, which includes Alcasan and uh, several of the, muni- of the uh, foundations in Pittsburgh that have always been very generous to us. So, I, so as I retired, I felt very confident that the organization could continue for a long time. Alcasan's board has recognized the, the importance of keeping the coordination with the municipalities going forward. The disappointment has been that we have not really started to solve the problem yet. Mm-hmm. We've done a lot of planning, a lot of engineering. Um, over the last few years, was a, a, by the regulatory agencies, was a rethinking of this whole process that, you know, building more big, large infrastructure alone may not be the answer to this problem, that we need to be thinking a different way in source reduction. Let's get this excess flow out of the system. It's rainwater in, in the sewage system that in many cases can be removed and using green infrastructure and pipe repairs and so on first, and then to see where we are down the road with uh, the needs for bigger and bigger infrastructure to store and manage the flow in another manner. As we mentioned, you're one of two honorees at the upcoming awards dinner. Just wondering, well, what is the what does this award mean to you? What are your thoughts? Well, I, we've been involved with Peck as a partner for a lot of years. It 
kind of bothers me that it's a personal award because, mm-hmm. you know, Three Rivers was one of the best career things I, I could have done. I've had terrific staff that we've all worked together as a team. And, you know, I feel better if the award was actually going to the organization. In, in my mind, it is going to the organization. It's never been about, you know, one man. This is just a great group of people. I've walked away in retirement with, uh, you know, filling my position, but having the confidence that those staff are still well dedicated and, and enjoy their job and enjoy working together and we'll carry this on. All right. Well, I'll go along with that conceit and say congratulations to you and your staff. Thank you very much. The 2017 Western Pennsylvania Environmental Awards Dinner is Wednesday, May 24th in Pittsburgh. Tickets still available, by the way. You can find them at peckpa.org slash events slash WPEA. And there you can also learn more about the four projects being recognized, as well as our two Lifetime Achievement Award winners. And that's the show for this week. We'll be back with a new episode next Friday. In the meantime, you can get caught up on past episodes and learn more about Peck's work across the Commonwealth at the aforementioned peckpa.org. That's P-E-C-P-A.org. And of course, we welcome your feedback by email. You can send us a note to legacies at pecpa.org. For the Pennsylvania Environmental Council, I'm Josh Rollerson. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.